0: Welcome to this episode of Tap Into College Golf. I'm your host, Brandi Jackson, founder of Brandi Jackson Golf, where young female golfers can come join the team in search of coaching, consulting, mentorship, and guidance on all things junior golf related and, of course, the college recruiting process. There's also access to an online course, or if you're looking for some fun girls golf lifestyle apparel, even added that to the collection last year. So be sure to go check out www.brandyjacksongolf.com. That's Brandy with an I. Welcome to this episode of Tap In to College Golf. As always, excited to have... Um, an awesome guest on here. Um, back to having a, a college coach. We had a player on here for the last episode. If you were able to listen into that, um, the Natalie Sernovasen, who was just finishing up her senior season or abbreviated season, which is what we're going to talk about here today as well. As I know, many of you are listening in during this kind of crazy time we're all living in. Um, But wanted to bring on and and hope to kind of shed some light on what else going on right now, but also still allow the coaches the chance to again, like we've done before, talk about their their journey to get into the coaching and and what they see in the college coach world and the players and and that aspect of playing athletic uh, collegiate athlete collegiate athletics. Um, So on here today, I had the University of Michigan head women's golf coach Jan Dowling. Thanks for joining me, Jan.
1: Brandy, great to be here and hope I can provide some nice insight for your listeners. I'm sure you
0: can. I know we met way back during um, early (laughs) in both of our professional golf days out on what's now the semester tour. And I know you were out there um, for a few years and then went into coaching and and kind of went through a couple of assistant roles, Um, went back to your back to Kent State where you played at I believe and then kind of just bounced around a couple of assistant roles and and then head coaching gig and now you've been there at Michigan for this was your seventh season this past year it's
1: my seventh season yeah it's hard to believe but yes yeah
0: well then just start and tell us a little bit about you know kind of coming out of playing um, playing collegiately then professionally and then what kind of led you into coaching it's always interesting to hear ones who kind of knew that's what they might do. And then ones who had, I feel like most people had no idea that's what they were going to do. And (laughs) it just kind of happened that way. And then they've kind of fallen in love with it. Um, so talk a little bit about how, you know, how you got into, um, coaching coming out of playing.
1: Yeah, I, um, well, I guess uh, I'll, I'll, I'll start briefly this won't take long, but, um, I grew (laughs) up, uh, just North of Toronto in Canada. So, um, you know, my junior class had a ton of kids uh young women that were going to the states to play golf and they were a little bit older than me and ended up being some of my role models but we had a kid go to texas and stanford and purdue and so i was like wow that would be pretty amazing to go down to the u.s and get a great education and compete against the best uh, female amateurs in the country i thought that was the coolest thing in the world so that became my goal Um, And I was fortunate to end up at Kent State and had a great career there. But where this is leading is just that uh, when I was playing in college, I had this amazing experience with, um, throughout my whole four years with my coach. And uh, I just thought it was the coolest profession as well. And, you know, I wanted to play professionally and I did that for three years, but I knew in the back of my mind that um, coaching would be something I would want to do when my playing career was, was done. So, um, that, that's always been what I've wanted to do. Um, I did want to play. Um, I thought that would be important to coaching, but, you know, even what I chose as a major in, in university, it, it was sports management and it was all behind playing golf, coaching golf, teaching golf, um, to put it so <laughs> to summarize, yeah. I was just like golf nerd and I yeah, continued to yeah. do this day. So yeah, I I was fortunate to get an assistant coaching job at Kent State. I was there for two years, so I got to not only play under Mike Morrow, but coach under him. Um, and then I had a unique experience of being able to coach the men's team at Kent State. So I ended up uh, yeah. being an assistant for the men's team as well, which was a really cool experience and that team that men's team ended up finishing sixth at the national championship so that was an experience that I think really helped me um and then you know I've been all over the place and gotten to learn from some great coaches um you know both as an assistant and head coach um so I've been at geez uh went to Duke after Kent State and then down to Florida and then University of Tennessee. And then back up to, to Michigan, which um, which have been at the longest, and um, I've uh, certainly see myself being here for as long as they'll have me. Um, you know, it's uh, been my seventh season just at Michigan. It's the perfect mix for me, both professionally and personally, and uh, very 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 happy here. We kind of put awesome. put things in the right spots, right? We're focused on being a student and an athlete, and doing both of those things really, really well.
0: Very cool. Well, it's funny how, um, and like I said, with some of the different episodes, how the, the coaching path, you might end up in some crazy places along the way, but when you can kind of get brought back to what's somewhat home or feels like home or, or whatever that might be, how much, <laughs> you know, a lot of the, the bouncing around kind of feels a little bit worth it at that point and, and to be able to, uh, to kind of settle in and, and, for the probably the first time in what is all of our lives, I feel like a lot of times is actually have some roots and somewhat, yeah. feel, you know, feel like you can at least do that. I mean, you never know what the future holds and what might change, but to kind of have sure. that feeling of somewhat being home, because as you know, for, you know, years, you definitely don't feel that way for. Yeah, um, no,
1: it's true. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's a nice feeling. Well, that's good. Well,
0: you know, and, and I kind of said this before we got started that I, you know, don't want to focus too much on it in a, a negative, emotional, sad. Uh, I know it's been a, a very emotional couple of weeks in the college athletics world um, for players, for coaches, just for everybody. We're all kind of going through this crazy time. Uh, I know some people might listen to this, you know, weeks from now or months from now, and hopefully we've, it's in a, we're in a better state than where we are right now. But obviously right now we are, you know, everything's kind of shut down. College athletics came to just a complete halt. Um, it was, golf seasons were right in the midst of spring season I know uh, the team had just played pretty good I think though your last couple tournaments with third and fourth place finishes so probably feeling pretty good how <laughs> was it to handle that and especially your seniors I know some stuff's still a little bit up in the air as to you know the future of um, some eligibility and those kinds of things but how was that uh, going through that and and just having to you know uh, explain this to the players and, and kind of yeah. deal with the with all of that. Talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, no, it's um so we were at home in Ann Arbor. Um uh, University of Michigan, they never cancel classes. <laughs> like never. Yeah. Yeah. And which is uh, which is kind of funny because you know we are known to have some epic snowstorms here and there. And uh yeah. so anyway, they had canceled school for Thursday and Friday. Um, and we were supposed to leave on Saturday. Um, for our, I guess, fifth tournament of the spring and fourth tournament of the spring. And uh, it was at Briars Creek down at Kiowa Island, which is your neck of the woods. And um, so that morning, ten fifteen, although classes are canceled, you know, we have a big conference call with our athletic director and he's like, you guys can go ahead with domestic travel. You're good to go. You know, and then You know, our men's basketball team was about to tip off in a tournament, in the basketball tournament, um, and that right before tip-off, like minutes before tip-off, they got, like, scrambled into their locker rooms. And so we're getting news of this, and because the team doesn't have to go to class, which they're jazzed about, um, they were out practicing. So we had our normal practice time, and, you know, we kept getting word of this, like all these things canceling, and um, Briar's Creek sent an email that early afternoon saying that got canceled because of their conference. And um, sort of, you know, starting to understand the proportion of all of this, yeah. but still not quite grasping it. And I think all of us were like the the word to use was just anxious, right? We're like, what is mm-hmm. gonna happen? And I think everyone was holding out hope that like they would just be delayed, right? A couple weeks, yeah. Yeah. Like, like to a month, and then we'd be back to playing hopefully like a, a big 10 championship and on onto um, NCAAs. So, that was the hope. And then by three o'clock we had a conference call with our athletic director at Michigan, Ward Manuel. It's fantastic and um, great leader, but, you know, he's told us the news. And so yeah. you know, it's it devastating. Um, you know, as you, as you had mentioned, we were coming off a pretty strong spring break week, finishing um, fourth and then third. Uh, we had a player win win a tournament individually and actually the same player, Ashley Kim, was also just two two weeks in a row. She was the big ten golfer of the week. Yeah. We had jumped up about ten to fifteen spots in either of the rankings and um, so our yeah. momentum was certainly on our side, but uh, I think a lot of teams could say that, but you know giving that news to the team and just so definitive such definitive news of like we're done yeah um was uh Probably the hardest coaching day I've had, to be honest, like one of the that, hardest yeah. coaching days I've ever had. Um, and I guess what's special about it is that we're kind of um, kind of putting it in perspective together as a team, uh, mm-hmm. you know, but what we talk about constantly with our team is is um, perspective and um, I guess the whole thought process behind seize the day carpe diem and like all right so and that goes both ways so we talked about this a lot is like we put a lot of effort and time and perspective into all of our practices and I don't think we could look back at that and regret it yeah Um, and that's amazing Um, and we were making the most of the opportunities that we had and then seize the day as in let's have some perspective. This isn't about us anymore and sports don't really matter right now Um, because without the health of the us and the people that we love, like this, this stuff doesn't matter. So, you know, and that's a hard thing to grasp as an 18 to 22 year old. I'm almost 40. So I have a little bit more of, you know, I've had bad things happen to me, right? And you hope at that age, you haven't had something bad, like bad happen, but um, some people have, some people haven't, but, um, perspective and then, you know, moving forward, what, how do we control our response? And that's what it really comes down to. You know, how are you responding to this? Do I respond and freak out <laughs> emotionally? <laughs> Hopefully not. Um, you know, and how do you, res- it's just like golf. How do you respond? How do you respond? Yeah. How do you respond? And like, are, you know, are you using this time to become a better athlete, better student? you know, this is a great time to focus on school. Um, you know, I'm proud to say that a lot of our kids are actually already thinking about taking a couple spring classes to get ahead. Okay. You know, so use, you know, you're not playing much golf right now. Go ahead and be a better student, get a little bit ahead and then, you know, but be ready, you know, and we talk about that a lot as well as be ready, be ready for your opportunities, be ready because you never know. And, yeah, you know, this is probably very optimistic, but three weeks from now, we might be playing golf again, and, uh, yeah. you know, be ready, be ready for that, um, and the ones that kind of sit on the couch and watch Netflix for the next three weeks aren't going to be as ready as the ones that keep working out and putt in their living room and hit balls in their basement and yeah. find something in their backyard. Like, those people are going to be way more ready, um, so yeah. it will get back to normal, and we'll all be okay, um, so...
0: Yeah, I think it's probably one of the best golf analogies is kind of what we're going through. I think <laughs> yeah. in the world is literally one shot at a time and one hole at a time, because you don't know, you know, when I was even talking to to Natalie on her podcast about, mm-hmm. you know, talking about the future, it was, you don't really know when you get to play again, or or what is next, you don't yeah. know. So you really can only kind of think about right. What you're doing right here, right now, and and, you know because you don't know, you know, we kind of know a little bit in terms of some delays with things, but not much past that. Really, really can't do that. Golf is life, man. Golf is life. Yes, it is. (laughs) It, it, It definitely is, and it's like you said, it's hard to tell. You know, I've got all my junior players and trying to get them to understand. You know, they're so stressed about they were in the middle of recruiting process, some of the juniors and you know, some of them had visits scheduled, some had, you know, tournaments coming up and it it is hard because you don't want to downplay their efforts and their, you know, their seriousness. You don't downplay that to make them say, you know what, this isn't that big a deal because, you know, you know, to them and and that's where a lot of their time is, it is, but also trying to get them to understand that, you know, it will work out somehow, you know, it is, yeah, it is going to be okay. And and like I said, it's kind of hard to, yeah, you know, but the, hopefully that is a little bit of what this might teach them is, you know, all of this isn't, don't get so wrapped up and so consumed in it. And and some of them I've actually told, you know, they need to stay on top of things and, and keep their schedule. But some have actually said, this is actually a time for you to kind of relax a little bit. You know, this yeah. might actually be a little bit of time for you to yeah, for maybe sure. binge watch TV a little bit, just because yep. you've been go, 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 you know, so, <laughs> but then others, it's a good balance. I don't want to encourage them to do that because they probably already <laughs> do too much of that.
1: But some it's a good balance, modes. right? Yes, mm-hmm.
0: exactly. Well, and, and kind of talking about that, I guess, it kind of will lead into some of what I wanted to talk about is kind of what are some of the traits you see of college athletes that help them really be successful and and navigate the four years? What are some things you see or particular players that you've had that's really done that well and really kind of taken ownership of it and, and what's some things you see
1: both on and off the golf course for them? Yeah, um I the things that stand out automatically are just people who are um goal setters and competitive. <laughs> you know, and that goes in every area of your life, right? So if you're a goal setter and um you know, you're you're looking to accomplish things and you're driven to do that, um you're going to be successful. Um put a game plan together and and attack it and some people are more um I guess, uh, result oriented goal people. And some people Mm -hmm. are a little bit less that way, but in either case, people are like, this is, this is what I'm trying to accomplish. Um, and here's how I'm going to do it. Um, and then competitive people as well. Right. And there's lots of ways to be competitive, but you can be competitive with yourself. Probably, um, intrinsically competitive is maybe the best way. Um, you can make arguments the other way too, but, um, you know, those are, those are big things that I look for, um, you know, because you're going to be successful in the classroom. If you're goal oriented, you're going to be successful, um, as an athlete because you're goal oriented and it's going to help you, um, long-term and in in whatever career you choose beyond college. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like those, I say goal setting and and competitor. It's, uh, I think, um, I know before wrote an article about you know being competitive and I get a lot of uh, my players and parents will say you know yeah well she you know she played other sports she's really competitive like being competitive is one part of it but you have to have (laughs) a plan and a action for you know it's one thing if you get in a tournament and you might happen to be leading and you really want to win most people have that kind of nature about (laughs) it's about what are you going to do you know moving forward and to you know to better yourself with it not just I mean, not too many people like to lose. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, not too yeah. many people. Uh, you know, you get them in the right settings, and the competitiveness comes out. It's more of, like I said, kind of the goal setting, and and where does that competitiveness competitiveness come from? And and how are you kind of making plans to improve yourself based off of
1: winning or losing, or you know, whatever
0: might have kind of
1: shifted yeah, that's one true. Or another that is true, and I, you know, that, I think it's cool that you say that because. Everyone, when they get in a situation where they're leading or close to the lead, everybody wants to win. But to yeah. me, like the the best competitors are competitive with themselves every day. Yes, you know you can't yeah. just decide to be competitive when you're teaming up at a tournament. And I know some people perform very well when they're put under pressure like that. But you know the comp- the great players that I've been around. They're competitive when they practice, they're competitive in the classroom, they're competitive, like it's just, it's part of their, it's part of their DNA and it's part of their, it's their habit, right? They become who you say you are in all the minutes that you spend throughout the day. And, uh, yeah, those are the people I think that can be the top two, 3% of, of whatever realm they're in.
0: Yes. Well, that that actually um, one of the things that I cause sometimes we might talk about more towards the end, but kind of a good good timing for that is that is something that, you know, the college environment provides that's really tough for the junior players to get, because most of the time they're practicing on their own or even if they're parent or, you know, somebody's out there with them trying to help them with some drills and trying to add a little bit of that element. It's so much easier to get obviously when you get into college and you've got a team of mm-hmm. you know, very like-minded uh, kind of goal oriented, you know, players and you've got a coach who can set things up and set drills up. I know it's something that the junior players, as much as you, you know, you want to see them grasp that it's just really tough to do when you're on your own, but what are some of the, the things you all do from a practice perspective or maybe some of your favorite drills or ways just to kind of keep that competitiveness. Um, Cause I said, I think that is what is so Uh, unique about college golf that most junior players I feel like don't quite understand that's what it's going to be about and and how much in a way though how exhausting it can be to have you know a two-hour practice where everything matters everything counts or where almost every time you go to the golf course you're you know you're qualifying you're competing and they just have not quite had that constant grind of everything counting so much. So what are some of the yeah. things that you kind of focus on or or what's that environment like for you all?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a huge part of our, um, when we're building our practices, my, our assistant, Mandy uh, Unruh, used to be Moro, but she got married this past summer. But um, yeah, com- competition is a huge part of most of our practices, um, throughout the week, you know, we practice six days a week, there's five to six days a week, and, um, there's a competitive element within all of it. And sometimes it's on your own and it's some sort of completion drill that is um, is going to put you, hopefully under a little bit of like emotional duress or it's something that we're doing with, with the team. And that is obviously pretty naturally (laughs) creates a pretty competitive (laughs) environment. If we've recruited well, which, which we have, Um, you know, you get those nine players together and uh, they they compete uh, quite well together and it's in a healthy, productive way. And um, you know, we talk a lot about, uh, you know, if you're running a hundred meter dash, i'm canadian so i go in meters but uh, 100 meter dash uh you know if are you gonna run it faster if you're doing it by yourself or if you're competing against three or four other people and so we like to look at competition that way it's like okay maybe you're gonna get beat today but that person made you better um you know specific stuff i'm just trying to think of you know, we do something almost every day. Um, one of my favorite drills we played, so we're indoors for like, the winter months, so January, February, mm-hmm. we played this two-up game. Um, it was a short game drill. Uh, and essentially, it's a six-hole match. Um, and there's nine players, so there's four players that are in Division One four players that are in Juco and one that's sort of in the doghouse, right? And the only way you can get up to division one is if you win two matches in a row in Juco. (laughs) And then you can only win points if you're up in division one. So essentially the idea behind it is a six hole chipping up and down match. So it's intense. And if you get two up, you automatically win, which means if you're two down, you automatically lose uh, no ties. Um, and so it, like, it's pretty intense. And then what we do as coaches is we'll start with pretty easy chips around like our indoor chipping and putting green. And then um, as time moves on, you know, we'll probably play this for two hours. Right. And as you know, within the first 30 minutes, we might add some boundaries. So maybe there's a wall that if, if your ball touches that wall, it's OB. Right. Uh, or, you know, so we're, we're, we're making the chipping game harder as we move along and it changes constantly. Um, and so the players are having to adapt. The players are competing and they have to perform really, really well quickly. Um, so it kind of puts the pressure on the student right away. You know, you play one hole and you lose that first hole. <laughs> you, you better figure something out quickly on that next yeah. hole. So. They love that game. It was a really fun. And you can play that outdoors as well. Um, yeah. But it was a really fun indoor game that we played this year. Um,
0: that's fun. And I've, yeah. I've enjoyed the creativity uh, behind all the drills and, and what the coaches come up with. It's been fun to to hear those. I know a lot of them, like I said, are, are team-oriented. But in some ways, if you can find ways, you know, even to do them, if you like I said, if you've got your dad or your parent out there as the junior players, I think that's one thing that, that they do – Lack, but at the same time, I I kind of, kind of understand it. Um, but that kind of creativity and and creating different real golf scenarios during their practice time that yeah. you know that just yep. puts you, like you said, in that that emotional distress state of, you know, that that you're going to get when you're on the golf course. Um, That's I have so many exactly. parents, I've had them uh, talk about you know, well, their daughter shot something during practice round and she does so good, and then you know, <laughs> tournaments, and I'm like you. Even if they're golfers, I'm like, you just do not understand the yeah. difference. Um, yeah. I mean, you understand it, but gosh, it's just so different. If you, The more you can create that in your day in and day out routine, just the easier that you yeah, when you better, get on the golf course it's going to feel. But
1: you know, I, I easier really said promote, than done, I know. Yeah, for sure. And I, I really promote, you know, if you're practicing by yourself, is just like creating a drill. And it takes some time to figure out what's realistic, but Creating yeah. some sort of drill where you can't, fin- you can't leave your practice session until you, yes. it, you know, and yeah. it, it's simple, right? But, but, you know, the best ones are willing and able to follow through on that. Um, you know, you got to get three in a row up and down, three different yeah. chips in a row up and down before you leave the putting green. You got to make five, you know, you got to learn how to make it realistic. And that's where I think people really need to rely on their coaches a little bit to help mm. them with designs. But, you know, make five five footers in a row before you leave five different five footers. Yeah. in a row, And like we really, you know, you can get really creative with that stuff. But um, and that's the fun part. But you also have to make sure that it's realistic, but challenging. And what I think people don't understand is that You know, you do it once and you get it right away. Make it harder the next day. You know, make it harder the next day. Go, okay, I'm going to make six today. I'm going to make six five footers in a row. And, you know, creating that, just, you know, putting yourself under duress emotionally might be the most important thing that you do if you're trying to be a great competitive player.
0: Yeah. Oh, 100%. um, Because, like you said, it's, um, you can't, I mean, it's just that feeling you get in tournaments that, if you just make, if your practice and your playing time is just so relaxed and, and easy that when that happens, you just, it changes your body. It changes what you're doing. It changes how you <laughs> do things. And it just, yeah. um, you know, the more you can create that, it it only makes, um, I was, I think when coach Potter, when Mick and I were talking earlier this year and I had, a Recorded from, I don't know, maybe a couple of years ago, where yeah. Golf Channel or something had a, a quote that he had done or something that said he tries to make practice so hard that playing seems easy. It yeah. always kind of stuck with me of, yeah. you know, of, of kind of creating that environment that, you know, you're not just, pra- if you're practicing in a, you know, comfortable environment, then, you know, you're going to be uncomfortable when you get on the golf course. And yeah, for sure. Trying to, yeah. you know, trying to not make tournaments feel so much more stressful and, and intense than what your practice time is. Right, right yeah very cool um good good insight well let's um let's we'll talk a little bit back a little bit more about kind of your impact as a coach and and kind of what you feel. You know that role you have as a coach and how that makes a difference in these athletes' lives that come through there. I know it's it's such a such a responsibility and and you know it's something you said that you know you took a lot from your your coach at Kent State and, you know, how do you feel like and, and what are things that you try to focus on um, you know, knowing these girls are coming through and, and it's such a growth stage of their life. What are some things you um, you like to do or, you know, ways that you see your impact as their coach. Um, You know, kind of affects their their day in and day out life and in their future.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a big question, Brady. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Good, you know, yeah, no, it's good, it's good. It's uh, it's hard to summarize, to be honest. But yeah, um, you know, obviously there's the golf piece, and that's cool. um, But you know, I think you know it's it's fun to kind of hear the seniors when they leave. We have a team banquet at the end of every season and. You know, it's just kind of, it's almost never about golf, right? Um, you know, certainly they have some nice memories to look back on and, you know, trophies they may have won, but it's almost never about that. Um, yeah. You know, it's certainly why we've come together and it's certainly like really fun and we're competitive and we want to win tournaments, but, you know, the <laughs> in the end that stuff is, uh, is fun and great. And that's what we're striving to do, but it's almost never about that in the end. Um, but you know, things we focus on, um, you know, we have, uh, I won't go through all of our, we have five um, pillars to our team, uh, but I would say the most important would be that, uh, to do your best. Um, and, doing your best to me is like, if you're on a phone call with your parents, you're on that phone call and you're not like also on Twitter, or Instagram. Right. And like barely listening, like you're in that phone call. Um, okay. you're at practice, you're at practice and you've come with a written plan with intention and you follow through on that plan. You don't just show up to practice and go, ah, I think I'll do this. I think I'll do that. <laughs> maybe see how I feel. And then maybe yeah. I'll go do this. Um, You know, we, we talk a lot about intention in our practice. Um, You know, there's certainly freedom for them and their practices to do that, but um, do your best in the classroom, right? So when you're in class, be in class, be present, be where you are, be where your feet are. That's a really important thing that we talk about quite a bit. So doing your best is, is hard to do all the time. Um, But that's certainly a standard that we try and um, incorporate every day in our team culture. Um, and that will <laughs> that skill of doing your best um will serve you well no matter what you choose to do when you graduate. Um, oh, yeah. If you're in a job and even though like your boss gave you something that you just really don't want to do, you go ahead and put your very best effort forward. That is a rare skill um, to be able to put your best. It might not be perfect. I'm not saying perfection. And that's a huge difference. But doing your best. Like if you say you're going to show up at this time, show up at this time. You say you're going to do this extra thing, go do that extra thing. Um, You're at the workout room, go to your best, lift the, do exactly what our strength and conditioning coach says and push as much weight as, as you know, you can, um, Safely, of course, but, uh, (laughs) but that skill of, of doing your best will work in any realm of anything you choose, whether it's being a parent full time, whether it's going out on your own as an entrepreneur, whether it's working for some big company, some small company, and you will stand out you will absolutely stand out and those opportunities will keep coming to you over and over and over again if you do that because not many people are and that's where you stand out and that's you know that's what we're we're hopefully trying to help create or help shape uh great great people and great humans and helping our communities become better and um you know, it's, it's fun. That's what I love. Then, you know, that's, you know, that works for golf. It works for career. It works for family. It works for all the people you love. So,
0: yeah, definitely. I I, I love that. And, you know, it is, it's something that I know when we were, again, you, I think had, a. you said you kind of had a little more of that, um, already that mentality of wanting to go into coaching. But, you know, for me, when I was playing, you know, I didn't think about anything like that. I never really thought that much about I wasn't necessarily a golf nerd, but I was a, you know, all I want to do is play. All I want to yeah. do is play professionally. Like that was so much of it and things yeah. like, I had pretty good academics, but never really thought about the bigger picture to things <laughs> yeah. and the maturity and the the independence and some of that stuff that was being created and that I was lacking, but never, you know, schedules and, and, you know, all of that never thought about a lot of that for me personally, when I was playing um, and, and just now how important that is and how important these girls need that through that, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, golf's a big part of it. There's that expectation, um, you know, especially in the the big conferences and, you know, there's a little bigger expectation and, and every coach has different perspectives on, you know, on playing and, and winning and that kind of thing. But, um, you know, to just keep that importance of, of what it's teaching them for the future and, and, you know, them needing that, that impact on them through that time is just so, so crucial. I feel like.
1: Yeah, no, it is. It's uh, you know, and you don't necessarily, you know, Mike didn't talk about these things when I was a player at Kent state. Um, yeah. well that, I guess that's not true, but, um, you know, you were learning it as you were going, right? And that was just the really fun part, looking back on your, everyone's college career.
0: Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it was, uh, I said Mick was a great coach for me and, you know, we did a podcast earlier and, and I did talk about, you know, I definitely didn't learn a lot of this and I don't blame him for that. You just didn't, you didn't think about it as much maybe back then. You just didn't have that, Maybe that expectation or, you know, and again, every coach is a little bit different in that sense. Some, um, it's a little bit more about the, the golf, you know, the golf side of things. Others, it's a little more about the, the mentorship part of it. Everybody's got um, a different, kind of a different approach. And it's part of what I try to help with the players in terms of finding the right fit and, you know, and, and kind of figuring that out because some want different different things from different, you know, different people in their lives, I guess, with their coaches or, you know, whoever they kind of seek for that, those different kind of guidance aspects yeah, of their sure. lives, I guess. So. yeah, yeah,
1: it's exciting. It's fun.
0: Yes. All right. Well, let's um, hit on a couple more things just from, um, you know, from a little bit of the team aspect, uh, some of the questions I get players that, all, that they always want me to ask and some of the fun questions that we get, and then we'll kind of wrap this up. But, <laughs> (laughs) um i know you you probably talked about one of your most challenging moments was you know was most recent but let's talk maybe well it's been one of your most rewarding coaching moments that you've had throughout your career that um again whether on or off the golf course whatever that might be um does something stand out to you as just kind of a you know that most really rewarding kind of moment
1: yeah yeah it's um boy it's yeah again it's a great question um you know, I I do go to golf because that's sort of the thing that we're all yeah. in this for, right? And, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and it's it's cool to see the success um, because they're doing the things that you know we're trying to really promote within our yes. culture, right? Like doing your best. Um, and so the people who are doing that most often tend to mm-hmm. have a lot of success. And, Very true. Um, I would say uh, you know collectively um, our team qualified for the national championship. Um, and at Michigan, um, you know, we're a program that's um, historically not been like nationally dominant. And, and uh, my assistant and I are working really hard to change that along with the players and, and how they're shifting the culture and taking ownership in that. And so we've qualified two years in a row, both in two thousand. Boy, I gotta make sure I got yeah, right. No, this whole because, year uh, is just a blur so 2016 far. 2016 yes. and 2017, we qualified two years in a row um, okay. for the national championship, which is so clutch. Like 2016, um, the first time in like 10 like eight to ten years that nice. the team had even gone okay. to regionals, right? Like the team hadn't been to the regionals in like 10 years. And so that was super cool. So it was all of the players on the roster, obviously, had never been to a regional. And, for them that like they came out in this final round and were paired with like a bunch of powerhouses it was like Vandy and I forget who the other one was and you know that was pretty cool for us and they came out and posted this great round and we qualified and went to Oregon for the national championship and that was really special nice. and then the next year um, we played regionals at Ohio State and um kind of nine to 12 holes in it wasn't looking good like we were we were in the right grouping like we had a chance the last day but it wasn't looking good and like we just went on this birdie like craze it was amazing um the team was like seeing the leaderboard on the 16th hole and like coming in clutch on like the 17th holes this long uphill par three it's a slog of a par three and um just came in clutch but getting up and down and making pars and birdies and It was like a, it was a true team effort and I think they could, it's just that special moment in college golf where all that momentum just shifts completely and the team can feel it and the coaches can feel it and we ended up getting in by one shot and it included one of our players making like a 12 footer on the last hole uh, to get in by one shot and uh, she knew it too. That was the cool thing. Is like she, I, you know, I've got the pretty good idea about what's going on and she never asked these types of questions before yeah. she looked at me before she hit the pot and like we were w- reading it together and she goes, do I need to make this? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you, I think mean, okay. it a pretty good idea to make it. And she goes, <laughs> all right. And, uh, you know, she goes through a routine and like she, fit, she fist bumped before the pot even went in. So That's that'll awesome. go down as like that one gives of me chills. Yeah, yeah, no, it was just, you know, it's hard to get through regionals, man. And, yes. um, yeah, and it's yeah. probably my favorite tournament in college golf is regionals and um yeah. you know so uh those would be and then we ended up finishing the best we've ever finished at a national championship. gym um, nice. we finished 16th at rich firm so yeah it was uh awesome. so i would say those are you know recently within the last like eight years or so that that would yeah. be my those are my top two accomplishments very cool for very our cool. team yeah yeah that's uh i said that you
0: need- it, especially during a time where there's not much of that going on, it's kind of fun to hear that. Yeah. That kind of juice is flowing a little bit yeah, of yeah. what those feelings are like. Cause I know <laughs> regionals would be coming up pretty soon. It would be. Um, uh, you know, yeah. I know all that, not to be Debbie Downer, but. But by that, but it does. It kind of gives you that little bit of you know, good memories, trying to remember yeah. those things. Yeah, which I think yeah. right now, in some ways, we need just because it's it's kind of easy to to just call, get caught in kind of this law of of not having those moments right now with the competition. <laughs> um, all right, so last couple of things, and this is just a little more. Um, no, kind of fun, just kind of kind of insight, but kind of fun. Uh, again, some of the things that I know that girls always want to hear about. But two parts to this is, you know, what are some of the favorite restaurants you all go to when you're on the road to eat at? And what are some of the girls' favorite encore snacks? Is there any <laughs> kind of superstition ones or even just what are some kind of weird ones or what are just some typical good advice kind of snacks as well. Because I had some funny ones growing up that were not, not ones I used to eat marshmallows. I had this like superstition for a while that like every time I ate marshmallows, I'd make a birdie. So my mom would bring a bag of marshmallows every time we go golf course, not so good during the middle of the summer when they would probably all melt together. Um, so there were some superstition ones and then, you know, obviously some that are more, a little more beneficial, but what are some of, uh, some of the restaurants, some of the snacks that the team kind of uh, goes to on the road?
1: Hmm. Okay. So I would say that, um, food is what our team does second best. Oh yes. Um, so yes.
0: <laughs> we, I, uh, yeah.
1: we love to eat, um, and we like to eat good food. Um, yeah. so honestly, we try not to go to, um, many franchise restaurants when we're on okay. the road. We really try and embrace the, the local food scene. Um, in fact, one of our players has a food, um, Instagram page called nice. Grubbin, Grubbin' with Ash. I'll give, a, give nice. her a little plug. Um, okay. But, yeah, okay. no, we're, we're totally into, like, trying to find cool spots. We've had a lot of success um, finding some neat spots. And, you know, we've – you know, as far as snacks, I mean, most of the tournaments that we're playing in, they give such good snacks, so we don't really, like yeah. – we don't really have anything specific there. But every once in a while, we'll – if we need to, we'll grab stuff. and It usually includes, like – Boy, what are what are hot items? Um, mango, dried mango. That seems oh, to be a hot I love item. Dried mango. Um, yes. I love that. Yeah. Any like the popcorn, what are those smart pop things? Those are good. Okay. Uh, that seems to get those are hot items. Um and, and, and then nuts and stuff like that. They're pretty my team's yeah. pretty healthy. I love that about it. Okay. Super okay. healthy kids, so you know, they all eat pretty well. Um, you know, That's I do good. find it funny though, like the different personalities, like we have got one kid on my team, Sophia, she's from Ohio and she's really into like working out and eating healthy and she's super fit and strong and you know, she comes by and she's like, hey, and we were playing the landfall, which is like one of my favorite tournaments. And she's like, they've got like a pack of Starbursts back there. And she's like, I grabbed them, but I'm going to wait until like the end of the round to eat them. She's like, don't worry, I'm just going to wait till the you know, and I was like, oh, okay. Exactly. And then my next player comes around and she's eating those Starbursts. And I was just like, like, that's just the difference in personality. We yeah. try not to be like too structured with that stuff. Uh, we certainly educate them, and you know, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, like we teach a lot of independence. Is that's something you want to eat on the golf course, man? Go for it. Um, yeah, maybe not okay. make it a constant habit, but uh, yeah, we've we got we've got an awesome group, and overall, they're they're pretty healthy, conscientious kids that way. So,
0: all right, that i uh, and, and I like what you said with that, and again, it's some of the things that. I try to get the players to kind of consider through the process because you get, again, different takes. You've got some coaches out there. I know who give the exact snacks that they're supposed to eat and when they're supposed to eat it. And it needs to be done before the end of the round and very structured and very strict. And that's okay. I mean, that's, Mm -hmm. you know, we all have different Mm -hmm. and there's some players who will gravitate towards that and want that. And then there's others that, like you said, that, that want to, you know, some things to be structured, some things to be a little more flexible. And it's just like I said, at the end of the day, it's, it's exactly what Natalie and I were talking about, especially those, not even just ones that want to go play on tour, but even when you're trying to go into the real world, if you've had everything dictated for you mm-hmm. and everything done for you, mm-hmm. you're going to struggle. Um, yeah. Again, especially yeah. the golf side of things, when all of a sudden it's, almost kinda of like going back to junior golf again where you're back to, you know, doing things on your own and nobody really kinda of holds you accountable and to yeah. set drills up for you and tell you what to do and what to eat and when to do it. Um
1: you know, you, makes life you, hard later. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. So yeah. you've got to find that balance. I know as a coach to, um, you know, to to kind of yeah. let them figure out on their own and, and give them a little bit of that flexibility, but also create some structure and discipline and the do's and the don'ts. So I'm sure that's yeah. a little bit of a, a battle, yeah, for sure. you know, yeah. for, for, like I said for the, the long run picture of things, but also the current, mm-hmm. you know, the current setting of needing them to do, you know, to do what they need to be doing and yeah. be focused on what they need to be doing and, um, you know, trying to, trying to find that balance is what it's all about. I think I caught yeah, so. Like, it's and such I, a balance. Yeah,
1: it is. And it's, it's, um, it, it's, it, you know, and this is why I think, um, doing your research and is really important to making a college decision, yeah. right? Like we've got a nutritionist and if you wanted, you can meet with a nutritionist every week, every day, you know, if yeah. you really wanted to, <laughs> um, you know, but we're going to get, provide that information for you um and then you have the independence and the power to decide what you want to do with it um yeah you know and that's that's our style you know we're certainly not gonna we don't dictate a ton of stuff to them um you know we certainly certain things certain practices not all practices but certain practices we are that way but yeah a lot less so with some of these other things and you know some people play well like you know I i had a teammate that she had a Snickers and a Coke at the tournament. One of the <laughs> best players ever played at Kent State. You know? Yeah, um, yeah. You, know, you can't tell me there aren't LPGA and PGA Tour players that are eating perfectly on the like, golf course all the time. Yeah. Like, don't tell me that. Certainly, there are ways to benefit, particularly 36 full days. Um, you gotta yeah, eat, true. You got to get it the calories in there but it's more important to get the calories in there than it is to have a perfect meal so um, that's
0: yes yeah i've told yeah. i've had some players who won't eat at all you know for breakfast and you know it's what i always yeah. say even if it is a blueberry muffin or something you know you something. at least you just got to get something yeah. you can't expect to not eat breakfast warm up play play through lunch and not eat anything at all and yeah. think that like at some point you're not gonna lose some energy or lose some mental focus um you know yeah. anything
1: is better than nothing the better mental it is, and better physical it's work yeah. yeah yeah exactly and it's yeah. again i think like you know you educate them on the effects and they're gonna start to make really good decisions and those yeah. decisions come from them like they, yeah. they become they're internalized and they've decided to do it they're gonna be way more into it
0: <laughs> yes exactly, telling yes. them what to do Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So true. So very, very true. Well, with that, maybe if you have any last minute, I know we've talked in the, in the goal of all these podcasts has been to talk a little bit more about college golf and and college athletics and and the coaches, but obviously we do have a lot of girls and their parents out there listening. So um, kind of as we wrap this up, any advice you have to them, you know, I know right now it is, like I said, it's a weird time right now, but, um, so it's even kind of hard. So I caught myself on the last podcast trying to, trying to, you know, ask questions and talk to Natalie about things, but it was so hard to, because you don't know when things are going to happen again or, you know, kind of put things in perspective. Um, But any advice you have for them out there going through, you know, just competitive junior golf and in the recruiting process or some that are closer to going to college golf, anything you want to pass along to them before we wrap this up?
1: Yeah. I mean, I honestly do your best. You know, that's sort of how we live our lives here at Michigan and the women's golf team at least. And, you know, it's, you know, you don't, there's never a perfect schedule. There's never a perfect tournament that's going to just open up all these doors for you. Right. It's, it's not a perfect ranking, you know, the, the, you know, the, the, try and just focus on, um how you can improve and what's going to be best for you and your family um like both tournament schedule wise and you know it'll fall into place if you're if you're putting your best foot forward and yeah. um you know I think it's so hard to not be focused on all of these kids who've committed but you know I try to relate to our like their kids that we're talking to and recruiting like for every kid that's committed there's 10 that haven't it's just like yes. you don't you don't get an article and Golf week for not committing right yeah so right. Like, <laughs> try and keep like i you know I stress that the importance especially now is like try and be patient and and focus how you you can get better and you know and your journey, everyone's journey is different um you know, and do your homework, you know it's so not gonna just fall in your lap, but yeah. do your homework and play in the events that make sense for you and your family um you know, and, and it'll, it'll come together. And yeah, I think that's, that's the big yeah. thing. So
0: awesome. Good, 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 good advice. And, and um I know I've enjoyed chatting with you and, and appreciate all the insight you've shared and, and taking time. I know, you know, I know everybody's routines are a little bit different now, but I know <laughs> it's still um still take some time out of your day to sit down and, and chat with me and it's good catching up with you. I know we kind of bounce back and forth through emails and um you know, Probably been yeah, we should do. Seen, yeah, yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah. So it's been good. To a while catch up back. With him? Yeah, I know. I know it all the way back to. I guess that was my both our first few years. I stayed out there a little bit past that, I guess. But um, it God it feels like forever <laughs> ago in a lot of ways. All that we well, all yeah. that we've changed and gone through since then. It's crazy. And so now, like I said, like talking to Natalie and hearing her talk about going out there and getting back out there with all the girls, you know, that she's played against in college, ones that graduated a year or two ago, and it's just like God, it just
1: bring back you so much of that
0: time yeah and and how much fun that was but kind of glad that's behind behind me now and into you know (laughs) into other things there but um, well thanks for everything you do too yeah well thank you thank you I I definitely enjoy it and, and and appreciate the the relationships and, and everything with the coaches and, and try to try my best to do what I can to, to help you all out and, and guide the players in in the best way possible and, and then provide this for everybody out there just so they can get some, some good insight into what it's really like and what the coaches are like. And um, so I appreciate again, you jumping on and, you know, sharing all this and then lots of good, lots of good stuff. So, I know all the ones listening out there appreciate it as well. And again, we're in a little bit of a crazy time right now, but it will all pass. Uh, I keep hearing, you know, we're all in this together. So what I did a uh, a group chat with my girls, maybe last Monday or something, and that's what I kept kind of saying is, you know, we are all in this. We are all in this together. And there's so many ways you can figure out to get better for yourself or, help others or whatever that might be so hopefully all of you out there are doing what you can to to stay sane and and stay productive
1: and, <laughs> and to trying do. to get better yeah. yes lots yep, of time there is, your hands. There is. Um, but yeah thanks thanks for having me it was great to chat with you and honored to be on the show and thanks for your holistic approach to the the recruiting process and being a good mentor
0: well thank you thank you and thanks again and thanks everybody for joining on this episode of tap into college golf